Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. It's great to be here with you today, and we are finishing the letters to the seven churches today. So some of you may be happy because I heard um, a couple of days ago I was in the, uh, coming to the office, someone said, you know, it's not one of the most joyful messages that, that we hear when you talk about the seven churches. I said, uh, yes, all depends how we see it. When God sends a message to us, it's always joyful and it's always the best thing we can receive because he's good he's amazing and everything that he plans it's always for your good so even if we don't like it's for our own good it's for blessing so today we go to our last letter is in revelation chapter 3 verses 14 to 22 and the bible says to the angel of the church in laodicea right these are the words of the amen the faithful and true witness the ruler of God's creation I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot I wish you were either one or the other so because you are lukewarm neither hot nor cold I'm about to spit you out of my mouth you say I'm rich I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and solve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Father, this is your word. Your word is enough to change, to rebuke, to redeem. It's a revelation of who you are. So we pray now, Lord, if there's anything here that is only from my heart, remove it. No one needs it. But Father, we pray that our hearts now may become a fertile land to your word. And will bear fruit to you to glorify you and to reveal you to the world. Do it today, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Guys, I don't know how many of you remember a man that became known as John Lottery. Around two years ago, this man became really, really famous because it was a normal Thursday morning. And this guy went to the supermarket and bought a lottery ticket. And on that Thursday, when he saw the numbers, woohoo, he won. He was millionaire. That's it. All good. So he immediately just filled all, uh, bought everything he wanted in the supermarket, called his friends and said, 
the party is on me today. I became a millionaire. So he went to his job and quit. And not just that, but he walked on his desk and said all the truth that he always wanted to say to his boss. Not a good idea, by the way. So he just said, oh, it's this and that. And he went home. He gave his car away. He called all the neighbors. Let's celebrate. I'll give you this. Oh, I'll give you that. I'm a millionaire now. And he was so full of himself. He maxed out his credit card. He used all of the money that he had on his account and the overdraft. Because on the next day, he would be a millionaire. Guess what happened on the next day? On Friday, when he went with his ticket to become a millionaire, actually he saw the wrong number. And he saw the numbers of Wednesday when he bought the tickets on Thursday. And actually he was jobless, without a car, in debt, and in a big trouble. Because he said few truths to friends and family when he thought he would be a millionaire and he wasn't. And things were really, really bad. That became, that's a true story and became really, really famous because of that. But let me tell you something. The church of Laodicea was very similar to that. These guys were rocking. The community was rocking. Let me tell you, they were really a medical center. And the doctors of that city, they were so famous that in the coins of the city, they had some of the image of the doctors because they were well known. They create two treatments, one for, for hearing problems and one for the eyes, that became the base for medicine for years and years after that. They even developed the first really good eye drop ever was on that city. They knew all that. They knew how to heal those things and they were very famous for that. But not only that, the land was fantastic. So farming was great and that brought prosperity and all the banks. So they had a bank system, a really good one, thousands of years ago. They were very, very rich to the point that on 61 after Christ, when a massive earthquake just put everything to the ground and the Roman Empire said, look, we'll send money to rebuild. They said, we don't need your money. We'll do ourselves. They were so proud of themselves. So proud. The wool was known as the best wool ever. And everyone, to be really posh, would use the wool from Laodicea, a black one. That was the top of the top of the top. They thought they had it all. They had peace. They had money. They had friendship. Everyone liked them. And then Jesus writes a letter to the Christian community there, into the Hosea, saying, You do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked you think you are all of that but you lost something you are lukewarm you lost the sparkle you lost the fire you started well no one no one starts lukewarm but you became lukewarm the pride in wealth and the focus in the nice easy life has corrupted and has destroyed the very fiber that made you stand out. Chris Palmer says that when people are on easy street, they often forget about their commitment to God. Why? Not because God is against you have wealth, but God is against wealth have you and having you. And was a real call to that community to say, guys, I want you to commit to me. 
It's time to commit again. It's time to come back and start to walk with me on my patterns. We are in a world nowadays that we think God needs to use our pattern. God, you know, I'm not as bad as other people. I don't kill, I don't rob, I don't do this or that. You know, God, I'm a good person. And God looks and said, no, it's my pattern. It's my way, not yours. It's my standards. They thought they were really good. They were giving money to charity. They were having their work, but they lost the most important thing. God doesn't care if we behave well for everybody else to see. He cares about your heart. He cares about our heart. And many of us here and watching, I'm not judging, but many of us in accordance with the Bible, Bible lost the sparkle today. It started well, in passion, in full-on mode, but then we get used to. We just don't come to prayers with the same heart as we used to. We negotiate. We compromise. We have prayer this afternoon. And then, really? I was speaking to someone and said, oh, I wish I had more time to go to prayers the other week. I said, really? Have you ever tried to talk to someone? Because actually we are not, we not just can, but we are paid to come to prayers. It's part of what we do. You should come. Otherwise, you are being unfaithful. Yeah, right. I said, what, what is missing? It's not opportunity. What is missing is the fire, the passion to come and seek the Lord and understand that without Him, we are exactly that wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. But we think we are good. We think we can do it. We can manage. We can do on our own ways. Why? Because we put our standard instead of God's standard. It's time to repent. That's what this letter is all about. It's time to change. It's time to understand that God is calling us as individuals, us as employees, us as part of a movement to go to a new level of commitment. Guys, I don't know if I ever shared this testimony, but the way I started my ministry, Danny and I, we were pastors in Brazil and we received a call from a friend from Peru that today is our ambassador there. And he called and said, look, we are in a problem here in the church. Can you please come and help us, train us, bless us here, just, just help us. And Daniel and I, we heard that. I said, great, I'll go send me the ticket and I'll go. I'll be on the next airplane next week. Just, just send me the ticket. And he didn't send the ticket. We didn't speak for a while. Then one day, Daniel and I, we were praying and we saying, God, we would do anything for you. We would die for you, right? We say that. God, I would die for you. And I felt God laughing for the first time. Maybe your theology is against that, but, but that's what I felt, my personal opinion. So I felt God laughing at me and saying, Luis, you didn't go even to Peru. You were saying you would die for me? I said, but God, I said I would. The person just didn't send the ticket. And God said, you're not even prayed to go. You're not even prayed to use the money that you are saving to buy a new car, to use that to go to Peru. And God said the most harsh thing that I ever heard. He said, Louis, don't make me a business. That if the pay right is right, you go. If it's not, you don't. He said, you're not even prayed. On that day, Danny and I, we made a commitment to the Lord. And we said, God, I'll never do that again. 
We'll never do that again. We don't want to do anything that doesn't cost us anything. This is not the gospel. I go as long as it doesn't cost me. I go as long as between 8 and 4 because after that I want my little time. And I'm not against that. What I'm against is us losing what makes us us, the people of God. And sometimes that can happen with organizations, with institutions. We lose the spark and we become like everybody else. And we have all the rights in the world, but we lose that power, that movement of the Holy Spirit that we're transforming and redeeming and shaking the, everything. I don't want that. I want to say, God, I want this new level of commitment. Of course, I would love if everything I do is paid for, but if it's not, I'm here, Lord. Send me. Just give me a word. I don't want to make God a business. I don't want to have the boring life that if it's paid, if it's organized, then if everything is secure as everybody else around the world, then I'll do it. He called me to be the salt of this earth. Not to have a nice paycheck on the end of the month and everything is all right. Life is more than that because we have life inside of us. And that changes fundamentally everything inside of us. I was reading the other week the story of Les Paul, the guy that created the famous guitar that many people use. I don't know if you ever heard his story, but he got in, in the accident or in some situation and he, the doctors wanted to cut his arm out. And then he... Talked to the doctor and said, no, no, no. Can you fix my arm in a way that I'll never move again? But in a 90 degrees, in a way that I'll be able to play always. And the doctor said, don't you understand? You will never be able to stretch your arm or to eat or anything else. He said, doesn't care. I want to play. And when I heard that, I said, wow, that's commitment. That's commitment to someone that loved music and loved to play. God, how hard for me to be more than an hour and a half in a service on Sunday. And I'm the pastor. <laughs> Can you imagine to, to, to put my arm like that? I don't know about you, but there are things that just, if I don't pay attention, when I realized, changed from inside out. And that spark is not there anymore. And that passion is not there anymore. And then to go to the presence of the Lord starts to become harder and harder. And I see that and I say, what is my excuse this week? Not to come to prayer this afternoon. What is my excuse this week not to share about the gospel with someone else? Dr. Nathan Barlow, I don't know if you heard this, the story of him. He's an amazing missionary. He started a work with the Mossy Food Foundation in Ethiopia. He was healing people with the feet that was being rotten. And leading them to Christ. He had a problem with his teeth and he had to fly back to America to treat it. When he got there, he said to the dentist, remove it all. I don't, have, I don't want ever to leave the mission field for that. And then I look and I say, wow. And I complained because we didn't have coffee the other day in church. I said, serious? Lord, change me. I'm not here to preach today to you. You are not good. If, if I sound like an angry preacher, I'm sorry. But it's not that I'm looking to myself today. I woke up midnight, yes, I woke up midnight today with a phrase from God. And God was saying to me, Louis, they were all lukewarm. If you were in the middle of them, would you notice the difference? If everyone around you 
were lukewarm, would you notice the difference? And I couldn't sleep. It was 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, I was messaging Albert every hour just to see if he would wake up. But, you know, I said, <laughs> because it, when you are in Christ, not, nothing better than to put someone else in Christ. So I was thinking, like, Lord, I, I want to. He said, so commit to my Bible. Let's go to the next level, Luis. Because if all that we can say is, oh, but I'm, I'm average. I'm as committed as everybody around me. I, I'm doing well as everybody around me. Oh, yeah, we are doing well. And then God looks and says, yeah, but everybody's lukewarm. And now what? Everybody's missing the point. Guys, commitment, it's not what I see around me. It's not what I think the standard is. It's what the Bible says. And the Bible calls us the people that put the world upside down. The same power that brought Jesus back from the dead is in our life today. And what is the evidence of that? What is the evidence of that? We need to go to a next level of commitment. Because God wants to reveal our real priorities. What is there inside of us? That's what he wants to reveal. I was in India with Ben and, and we were amazed. I, I was blown away. They just passed an anti-conversion law in, in India that is illegal now to evangelize. And guess what? A few weeks later, Ben and I arrived there to train evangelists. So we were there on this group in lockdown, you know, all these pastors. And a pastor came to me and said, you know, I'll go today and I'll speak to these guys. And, and yes, I'll preach about Jesus. I said, yes. He said, hey, and if I go to jail? I said, no, no, no. Let's pray you don't go to jail. No, but someone needs to go. And I said, yes, but uh, I would be happy if it's not on because of my message. But, but yes, someone has to go. Lord, here I am, send him if someone needs to go. <laughs> and God really spoke to my heart and said, no, it's serious. We are so happy if someone else goes, right? We are so happy if someone pays the price. We are so happy if someone really, woohoo, leave the standard that God wants. Go, you. Yes, Shola, Amen. I'll pray for you. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I called each and every one of you to be a lot more than just a good worker in a good charity. Everyone that is watching, God called you a lot more to whatever you do. God called us children to carry. We carry his image and likeness. So go and make the difference. Don't allow this lukewarm mentality to come to you and to transform you from inside out. But to reshape who you are on the knowledge that God is the one who is in control and is calling us. And he finished. I had so much more I want to speak, but the time is over. So to finish, he says here on the end, I am at the door and I'm knocking. And the word that he uses on the original is not like me. Sometimes I need to make a confession. When Danny and I got married, I would see my mother-in-law coming to visit us. And I would hide behind the door sometimes. Danny would be doing something else. And she would knock and I would just be there. Like, Let's pray that Danny doesn't hear. And if no one hears, hallelujah. You know, no mother-in-law today. I, I'm sorry, love. Uh, I repent. <laughs> she lives in Brazil, so it's kind of easy to repent now. But, she, uh, but then she would do once. She would do twice and three times. And then she would go home and I would be, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you know what? The word that Jesus uses here on the letter is not that I'm knocking and I'll go. It's continuing. I'll knock. I'll knock. 
And I'll continue to knock. Because he loves you more than anything. And he will give you one chance, the second chance, the third chance. And he will be there knocking until we hear. God is at the door today, guys. But the problem is that in the same way that God is knocking at the door, some people are using spiritual noise counseling in their ears. And they just don't want to hear. And they are looking to everywhere. And God says, if you open today, continuing the message of Henry yesterday, if we repent today and be transformed, he will enter. And he will have a feast with us. Can you imagine that? Not just snacks. Not just, ah, but that full barbecue in Brazil. Amen? That, you're a vegetarian. So that full amazing meal, whatever the meal means for you. That's what God is saying here. Guys, no more spiritual snacks. No more snacks commitment or anything else. Let's have full on another level of commitment. Let's break with this curse of lukewarm. And let's be the people of God that put the world upside down. Amen. And that, that must be revealed in the way we pray, in the way we pursue, in the way we do our prayers here. But in the way we live our lives. When we go through that door. Remember, what you do matters. Because what you do lead people to know Jesus and share Jesus with the world. Guys, I would like to invite you to pray with me. We will have uh, some worship. But just, just pray now while they come. And say to the Lord, Lord, you know, I, I don't know your life. I don't know how you are today. But God does. And God knows what you need to repent. God knows what you need to recommit. God knows what is the lukewarm thing in your heart. And today he's calling us to repent. And to say, God, once again, I want to commit to you in your pattern. To be what you called me to do. Not just to be an okay Christian. But to be the one that knows you. And make you known in Jesus' name. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support our work or even get involved with one of our teams. We also have another podcast called The Flow Podcast where we share stories and testimonies of the amazing things that God's doing in people's lives. Search for The Flow Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.